All right. Well, it appears something is wrong with our Texas Sports Unfiltered intro video, but that's all right. You guys weren't here to watch that. You're here to watch us talk about the Texas Longhorns blowout victory over the Baylor Bears. How about that for a conference opener? And how about that for a goodbye to Waco? My goodness. 38 to 6, the final score of the Longhorns absolutely dominate the Baylor Bears in the final meeting between these two conference foes. An impressive performance from start to finish for the Longhorns. They left no doubt at McLean Stadium tonight. The Longhorns improved to 4-0 and on the season and, of course, 1-0 and in Big 12 Conference play. And the road to the Big 12 Championship began with a big, big victory. That's about as dominant as you could possibly be. And really, just a couple of special teams miscues. The only things that prevented this from being an absolutely perfect performance. Now, we're not going to complain much about 38-6. to Good teams win. Great teams cover. That's what they say, right? Oh, the Longhorns were a great team tonight. Uh, outside of the two muffed punts and the sideshow Burt Auburn doink job late in the second half, the Longhorns pretty much perfecto in this victory over Baylor tonight. So we'll take your thoughts. The text line is open, 512-222-9328. The great Kevin Dunn, a.k.a. KD, a.k.a. Cabin Dune, a.k.a. a man who was seconds away from having one of the best sports nights of his life but got robbed. KD, I love you, brother. Congrats on Texas, but I am so sorry for your Notre Dame fighting Irish. Well, they played, they had like 11 plays total so in the game. So it was a, a quick scrimmage, but thank you. Yeah, I, I feel for Bob Dunn right now. You know, I live and die with Texas one, but Notre Dame two. And um, yeah, that one, that one hurts, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a great but game. I've got Texas, thank God, right? You do have Texas. Yeah, yeah, you do have Texas. And uh, boy, what a performance by the yeah. Longhorns. We'll we'll do some scoreboard updates. We'll get into uh, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, which, of course, just wrapped no, up as well. No, <laughs> that might be the end of our talk for uh, for that game. But we will talk about some of the other games that went down in what was a massive day of college football with six ranked versus ranked matchups to get into but of course we're spending most of our time talking texas and baylor kd i've been on for a couple of minutes just a total ass whooping by texas tonight outside of those two muffed punts and i know you're normally a fan of muff but not in this case tonight <laughs> outside of those in the burt auburn missed field goal i needed field- that thank you yeah. <laughs> so so pk texts me almost like i lost a family member and said hey man if you need need a couple minutes you know i've got you yeah, well, I think you'd rather lose a family member than lose that game the way that you did, right? Yeah, uh, more than half, yeah. <laughs> it depends on the family member. It depends on the family member. Yeah. Um, none are giving me any money, so, I mean, no. I'm. Um, yeah, no, it, it definitely hurt. But, yeah, I mean, I, with Texas, you know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, I'm Texas one, but with Texas struggling the last 10, what is it, 15 years, um, Notre Dame's been my only bastion of like, you know, a team I really love who plays well in big games or games like this. And um, I was really happy. Yeah, the muff punts aren't great. Get that out of your system. Um, But 
that was the type of dominant performance that we don't always see with them week to week. We talked about they get way too high, way too low. They read the press clippings. Um, and we probably saw that last week a little bit. But to go out there against a backup quarterback and go dominate them. And this was the most important game for Baylor fans in years. Yep. So they went out there and kicked their ass. It was, uh, it was good to see. And, you know, defensively, they got so many people involved. Really on both sides, we saw Jonte with the long seam route. But, I mean, Cap was in there. Finkley was in there, got a sack late. I mean, they were playing a bunch of different people, which, uh, man, I, I just didn't drink the Kool-Aid anymore because we were doing the horn and coming on and being like, dude, they've got Coburn and Sweat, and that would have been three years ago, and they didn't look like a good D-line. They've got depth. they got depth everywhere. And um, – I'm I'm pretty bullish on Texas. I know what Baylor is, but to go out there and play like that and to use that many people, especially early on. I mean, Cap was getting serious reps in 100-degree weather in the first and second quarter. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was very happy to see that. It made it really good for me, too, because I turned off Notre Dame and I thought it's 38-6. Let me just focus on this, you know. Yep, yeah, they took care of business, and you could have changed the channel because this one was pretty much in hand by halftime. A couple of super chats to get into first. Shout out to Jay Ward for the nice five dollar donation. Hey, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Four and oh, that's all that needs to be said. I'm assuming, Ryan, sir. I don't know, Ryan. I do know you're a guy and identify as one. There you go. Thank you very much, Ryan. Just, for- just making sure. <laughs> for the super chat there uh man look this texas team has been inconsistent through these first four games right that's something that we've all talked about on texas sports unfiltered but they have done something very consistently well in these four games in each of these first four matchups texas has had a 21 point quarter so yeah. they've obviously had some ups and downs offensively but against rice in week one it was the third quarter where they scored 21 in alabama in week two it was the fourth quarter where they scored 21 to put that game away. In Wyoming last weekend, it was the fourth quarter to put that game away. And then this one, well, they put the game away with the 21-point quarter. It just happened in the second quarter, and it was 28-6 to at halftime, and anyone with a brain could tell you that this thing was over. The fat lady was already starting to sing. You know, we talked about quarterbacks forever, and I get that, um, because, I mean, after VY and Colt, I mean, most programs don't have a VY Colt back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you've got that for six or seven years. Um, but really the, the biggest difference was the offensive and defensive lines. And those were the starters. Now they've got depth. I mean, I, I love Cole Hudson. I love the fact that he goes all, you know, he's got tape. He looks like a guy you'd see outside of the size and athleticism in 1974. Um, but DJ Campbell has come in and has been good. And on the defensive line, the fact they have that much depth and are playing that well, um, that is really, to me, with the secondary not losing their shit and, and flipping out and the ball's in the air, um, that's really what, to me, separates Texas right now from Texas the last 10 years. Is that fair yeah. or not? No, I think so. I think so. And we talked about it going into the year, right? This felt like the deepest team Texas has had in a long, long time. I think you've said this team is deeper than 9 Right. Yeah. Like we know yeah, what 09, we know what that team did. They played for a national title and they were an injury away from winning the national title. But right. you no, know, they had Colt McCoy. Quinn Ewers is not Colt McCoy. Uh, but this roster top to bottom, I think, is deeper 
than anything Texas has had in, in nearly two decades. So you're right. And then on the lines of scrimmage, uh, that's where games are won and lost in this yeah. sport. And, you know, you expected just based on how bad Baylor had looked through three weeks and how good Texas had looked through three weeks, you kind of figured there was a chance and you kind of thought Texas should dominate in the trenches. They did that, man. They ran it for more than five yards to carry. But you're right. The defensive line, like it's going to be tough to pick one defensive player of the game because yeah. that D line as a whole, you know, Baylor average, let me pull it up right here, 1.9 yards a carry. And I think it was like 1.1 until the fourth quarter when Texas started pulling its starters. And then obviously Sawyer Robertson, oh, oh, Mac Brown would have been right recruiting that guy to be a DB. I'll tell you what. I mean, that guy couldn't get anything going. So it was just defensive wizardry, but it started up front with the D-line. And like you said, they've got some depth there too. Yeah, I mean, maybe the best player on this team, I know we've talked about it on the shows, but maybe the best player on this team is Byron Murphy three or four weeks. He's that good. Um, and I'm not trying to take away from, there have been a lot of other really good people, obviously Jalen Ford, Catalan played really well. Devondre Sweat's been great. Um, on offense, there've been a lot of guys, but I mean, that guy just dominates and with his leverage and, and really how, you know, his quickness and smarts and everything and strength, um, you know, he is, I had someone compare him to Casey Hampton. I think last year, and I got real old man. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. Or there is a lot of Casey Hampton in him, actually. Um, mm. No, he is. He's that good. Uh, and they just dominating, especially with the running clock now. Like it's a bunch of five year olds playing in Trace, you know, volleyball league. Um, that you know, if you've got a good offensive line, you can get up. You know, you're up by 14 with 10 minutes ago ball game. Yeah. Um, if your offensive line can just continue to push and, you know, well, and the defensive line is also dominating. So, man, I, I'm, I'm really happy. I, I was, it's funny because I talked to my old man before about Notre Dame, Ohio state and Texas Baylor. And he goes, are you worried? I go, dad, I had the same P cause my dad goes, we're going to get blown out. I've got Brian, Brian Kelly, PTSD mm. games like this. I go, no, Notre Dame's not going to get blown out. I thought they'd win, but that was obviously a coin toss game. Um, and I, he asked me, he said, well, what about Baylor? And I said, I have the same PTSD. I think we're going to come out flat and this is going to be way too tight of a game at half. And I was so, so glad to be wrong um, that they came out and, and took it to him. You know, I mean, I also like how Sark is taking all this on. You know, these guys aren't dumb. Um, you can't bullshit them. They know this is the last year and everyone's taking their best shot. Let them know about it. And they've got the pregame t-shirts pretty much saying that farewell tour. And yep. here's, you know, here's our last tour. Um, and this is not was George Strait last tour where he's got like nine <laughs> left. You know, yeah. this is actually, you know, if we don't play Baylor the rest of my life, I'm all good with that. Um, so for a lot of us too, like you, that have been watching these matchups forever. I mean, yeah, it means a ton to Baylor because we're leaving. It means a lot to us too. And I'm Absolutely. glad they went out there and, and really imposed their will all the way around. I mean, heck, that's that that very easily could have been a 55-3 game, right? Yeah. I mean, if Texas doesn't muff those two punts, if Burt Auburn kicks that field goal, if Texas has a little bit more success in the red zone, then you're right. That could have been worse than what it was on the scoreboard. So not only did Texas take care of business, I mean, they exceeded expectations in this one tonight. Shout out to Rodney Smith. Rodney. For the $10 Super Chat, 
Shout out to former NFL defensive lineman John Abraham. I don't think that's him. Oh, well, if it is you, John, thank you very much. If it's not you, John, thank you very much. Timmy Taco, yeah, the buck, the buck was back and forth. He, I think his final score prediction was 40 to nine. He was okay. wavering between six and nine. I was a big fan of those two numbers. I know it is. Yeah, so uh, good call by the buck, man. Damn All those perfect. Irish Catholic Boston College girls, BK. Ah, that's a real thing, huh? That's what yeah, they do. Yeah, well, Billy Joel told us about it. Which song was that? Only the Good Die Young. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, of course that Catholic is. Catholic girls start way too late. <laughs> yes, that is what he was talking about. Dang it, didn't put that together. That should be like Notre Dame or Boston College's fight song or something like that. Yeah. Be Notre nice. Dame should be something else right now. I'm pissed off. Third and 17, fourth and seven. Get the fuck off the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Back to what I want to talk about. <laughs> Shout out to uh, DJ. Yeah, Bevo dropped his nuts on the Baylor Bear yes, tonight. Yes, he did. And you said it, man. This is the start of the Embrace the Hate Tour. Like, obviously, the season started against Rice a few weeks ago, but – Oh, this is the last time for a while that Texas is going to get the chance to play any Big 12 team. And you said it, man. Like, I want bragging rights. I know the, yeah. the guys in the yeah. locker room do too, but like, I just think about Texas and Texas AM. Obviously, that rivalry gets rekindled next year. But man, how many times have Texas fans been able to bring up the 2011 victory and the Justin Tucker walk off kick to Aggie fans because that was the last time that they had played forever? Like, even though yeah. Texas dominated that rivalry and if AM won that last game our response would always be like hey 75 38 whatever the all-time score would have been but it's just a little sweeter like texas has owned baylor historically but the fact that they get to leave with this exclamation point and they get the all-time bragging rights and they get the final game bragging rights like i want that all year long yeah it's why i mean 95 texas AM was as important to me as any game they've ever played outside of usc like, it's that important. Hmm. The final Southwest Conference Championship, Texas deserved it. They've been the best the whole time, and I, I wanted them to finish it. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it means a lot. I mean, you, I think you and I were doing post game for the Arkansas game there where they ran all over Texas, right? Uh, no, I had Maybe just not. moved to Houston at that point. Really? Yeah, like two years ago, 2021. Yeah, the, the yeah. game there. Okay, you would just move there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it may have been Trey, but we. I know, I know. You and I talked about it, and like for for a lot of people, that that game was so big because it's Arkansas. So mm -hmm. I mean, Baylor's not the rival um, that Arkansas was for for us, but um, but yeah, last time, um, let's win, get out of town, get home, and never talk to you. Yeah, a lot, a lot like uh, your situations on Sixth Street. Here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to <laughs> confirm nor deny that, but uh, yeah, I think you confirm that. Yeah, way more likely to uh, to confirm than deny there. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the Clean Cause YouTube comment line. By the way, shout out to all of our great pre and post game sponsors here at Texas Sports Unfiltered Clean Cause. They've got those great yerba mate drinks. I had one during pregame. Great flavor, some good caffeine, but you don't get those coffee jitters and you don't get the coffee shits, as they say either. Ooh. Two very good things. Uh, but uh, the best part about Clean Cause is 50% of the money they bring in from sales goes directly towards alcoholism and trying to 
fund recovery projects all over the country. So it was started by a couple of former alcoholics, guys who were able to turn their lives around and guys who want to make a difference uh, with other people who are struggling with alcoholism and addiction in general. So it really is a great movement that the folks at Clean Cause are doing, and uh, we are grateful that they are partners with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. How about the defense? A lot of comments from our fans and our listeners talking about just the dominance of this Texas defense. Look, Baylor had struggled offensively through three weeks, KD. Right. Like, we, we knew going in this was not a super electric Baylor team. But, man, anytime you're playing anybody, but especially a, a conference game on the road, and you're able to keep the opponent out of the end zone, and you could yep. tell on that final drive – uh, you were more locked into the other game, of course, but you know Baylor got the ball inside the ten yard line, and you could tell it it was personal for they Texas, cared. like yeah. Michael Jordan in the Last Dance. I took that personal. They wanted to make yeah. sure that Baylor didn't find the end zone. Like that's pretty freaking cool that they are able to do that as a defense. You heard Pash and Dvorak on the broadcast just commenting about how fast that group was. I mean, it, it almost looked like college versus high school with the speed that Texas had on defense against Baylor. Yeah, you couldn't run wide. Uh, they, they they were able to bounce stuff out and or force them to bounce it out and and then uh, get horizontal and really run. And we saw that. I mean, dude, they average. I'm on ESPN because Texas sports didn't have it up quite yet, but I'm seeing 1.9 yards per rush. Yeah. They threw it for 305. A lot of that is cheap and late. But no, the I mean, that is the biggest difference. We can talk about Quinn being more consistent getting more air under his deep ball, the receivers and him being in, uh, more connected, offensive line being better. The biggest thing is the defensive line. And if they play like that, they, they've got a shot to do some really special things this year. Um, but 1.9 yards per rush, PK? Dude, the leading rusher for Baylor tonight was R.J. Martinez, the backup quarterback. You should have started and played this game. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, he looked a whole okay. hell of a lot better than uh, Tom Sawyer Robertson did. Tom and Sawyer. yeah, Westwood Zone, right? RJ Martinez, the Austin yeah. kid, started at Northern Arizona, I think, was a mm -hmm. lumberjack, transferred into Baylor. And uh, yeah, look, he made some things happen in mop up duty against a lot of the Texas backups. But yeah, they had more success moving the football with him in the game. But yeah, Martinez averaged 7.3 yards a carry. So you take his runs out. They showed a stat maybe late third, early fourth quarter where it was 1.1 yards a carry for Baylor. So, like, the, at 1.9 is impressive, but that's inflated based on what the backup quarterback was able to do when the game was in hand. It was even worse for Baylor when the game was kind of close. Yeah, and you've got all backups in, which is great, and they're running three deep zones and soft coverages, as you should. And he was hitting, you know, he was, he was better than uh, Tom Sawyer, but he's hitting <laughs> – you know, the corner and getting eight yards and getting out of bounds. And, and you take that and especially now, cause they're going to run the clock right away. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I was completely happy with the defense. Defense has been so good. It's also good to remind us that after year one with a guy like Kwiatkowski, don't flip out. That guy was way too good of a DC for way too long with, you know, kind of an island of misfit athletes at Washington. Um, good athletes, and they develop them. But, um, you know, I mean, we're seeing why Sark hired him. Sark hired him because the main D.C. he had problems with was Kwiatkowski. 
and now he's got his type of guys. They're comfortable with the system, and I mean that defense has been so damn good. Kyle Flood's done a great job. Uh, Jonathan Brooks looks great. I mean, he, mm. he is your starting running back, is he not? With CJ and Keelan being a part and Savion maybe a red package, but that's your guy. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the more confusing decisions that the Texas coaching staff made this offseason, right? Naming C.J. Baxter the starter, and he had a great fall camp, right? All offseason long, it was like, oh, it's Jonathan Brooks, and then all of a sudden, the week of the Rice game, it's like, no, it actually might be C.J. Baxter, and sure enough, it was. But, yeah, look, Baxter's going to be great, and he showed some things tonight, and he was able to stay healthy, I think, although the, his first carry, it looked like he might have gotten banged up a little bit. But he came back. He came back in. But yeah, look, Jonathan Brooks is this team's best running back, and that's uh, back-to-back 100-yard games for him. And I'm glad that Texas was able to run it into the end zone a couple of times. You know, throughout non-conference play, I think Texas only had one rushing touchdown from its running backs. In this game tonight, four total rushing touchdowns. Quinn had one of them, but Brooks had two, and C.J. Baxter had one as well. So you wanted to see a more consistent run game, right? Like that last drive against Alabama, they ran the ball very, very well. Uh, the fourth quarter against Wyoming, they ran the ball very, very well to put those two on ice. But for all four quarters tonight, something we hadn't seen all year, Texas was able to establish the ground game. Yeah, they were and, and did it very early on. Um, but I also thought, I mean, hell, Quinn was part of that ground game. You know, yeah. I mean, one of the great things with um, we always talk about they get film on you and you have tendencies and all that. But you can break those. And sometimes it's just individually breaking those. No one watching that, no one there, no one on the Baylor sideline, none of the 11 guys on defense thought Quinn was going to go run for 29 yards, right? Now, and during the pregame show with Buck. Great block by JT and Sheldon Banks on that. So they're, they're running like a twist, and the backers coming in, and Kelvin, just stop it. Kelvin, <laughs> Kelvin blocks the end into the blitzing linebacker. I mean, one, you know, one shot and I got two and that opened up the edge. And then JT has a guy running man. So his back's there turns around and is able to block him. Um, these guys, you know, they, they even showed Christian um, running down on a screen pass later on in the game. And these yep. guys are like the extra effort and the trying to help out your team. Like it's been, this has been really fun to watch so far. It has. Yeah, I was literally dunking on Quinn Ewer's lack of running ability during the pregame show. I heard that. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Shout out to Luke. Is this an offensive amount on the Super Chat? Are we bothered by this? I'm not bothered by this. No. Okay. Baylor, done. KU. Yeah. Yeah. KU, um, they're 4-0. They're going to be ranked coming into Austin next weekend. And You might be talking about the two toughest conference games for the Longhorns coming up these next two weeks, right? Kansas 4-0, Oklahoma 4-0, both teams probably ranked. I still think K-State is better than both of those teams, to be perfectly honest with you. But, uh, yeah, you got one of the weaker teams in the league to open up conference play. You took care of business, but uh, it gets a little bit tougher over these next two weeks with the Hawks coming to town. I don't have to tell any Texas fan about what KU has done here their last couple of trips. And then obviously we know that anything can happen at the cotton bowl. So. Well, speaking of the devil, who, who are you rooting for in this game? Uh, what Texas, Kansas. Yeah. Oh, come on now. <laughs> it's not basketball season. What are we doing? Right. Exactly. <laughs> they, they look good though. Cause, cause I watched them against BYU. I mean, this is going to be, 
two weeks in a row. We really don't know how good OU is. I watched a lot of the Cincy game, but man, Cincinnati's awful. I wish we would have gotten like a Cincinnati team because we're not we're not playing this year, are we? No. no. They get I wish to... we had gotten the last year of the Big Big Twelve, one of their good teams, you know, because because uh, their their quarterback's garbage right now. But um, we don't know how good OU is. But the next two weeks, I mean, if they're sitting at six and zero after that, it's going to be a a pretty fun post game. No doubt about it. All right, hey, look who's in the waiting room right now. Do we have them? We've got them. I think. I think. Nate, I think. Megan, I think Megan is horse. Yeah, it's going to be a, a real rough we conversation. Did a good job. We did a good job helping the team win. <laughs> I might have pissed uh, off a few Baylor fans in front of me, but hey, that's what I'm there uh, for, right? Oh, they, they, were all gone, they were all gone with 20-something minutes left in the game. Hmm. So, Well, yeah. there, is, there is a Dave Blitz statue near there, so they may have gone by there to take picks. Yeah, there's that. R.I.P. Nacho, though. Can we can we give a shout out? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, um, but no. So so they're texting me during the game, BK, and they're sitting behind Baylor fans, and the Baylor fans thought they were too loud, which is one of the many reasons I love Rocky and Megan so much. Well, it was Megan that was, the lady was going like all drama queen, putting her, and all Megan was doing was like, yeah, Texas, or you know, and and the lady was like, oh, all drama queen with her fingers in her ears and acting like she just had never been in public where someone cheered in a stadium. Yeah, it was a all Megan was doing was being Megan. So, yeah, you know, it wasn't that not for uh, everybody, and that's okay. Uh, you are for us. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons we love y'all and one of the reasons we hate Baylor. So obviously it was fun, but tell us about the atmosphere like at the start of the game. I mean, Baylor was expecting a record crowd. It was a blackout in Waco. I can't remember. One of y'all had a hilarious yeah, yeah. One of y'all had a hilarious tweet about the uh, the blackout being for Baylor's funeral. I thought that was <laughs> well done, Rocky. And, and that came to fruition, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the atmosphere, honestly, we didn't get a single horns down. I was almost kind of disappointed. We didn't Not get a, a single, horns, single down horns down on the way in, which is unusual. At the restaurant, we had Welcome to Waco. Um, just the nicest people. At the tailgate, <laughs> that was like half Longhorn. The stadium was about a third at least, at maybe least. 35 40% Texas, which was amazing. But now, they Rocket, were really Rocket. nice. Is that at the start of the game? It was like the third Texas because I know By the end, it was eighty-five, ninety percent. Yeah, I mean, really, at the start, it was it was all of the upper deck along. I guess it would be the west side of McLean was burn orange. I mean, all of it from the from the band all the way around to really the end zone where the official Texas tickets were. Um, but you know, they started off one of one of our favorite things was. Baylor does that silly thing where every first down they get, it's, oh, it's oh, a yeah. Baylor first down. first down. And they started real enthusiastic. And about, I don't know, 10 minutes into the game, it was just a commercial for ED because it got less and less <laughs> enthusiastic as they were going. So it was oh. it was pretty meager towards the end. Um, but they, I think a lot of folks enjoyed that around us. The Texas fans certainly in, enjoyed that. Oh, but there were a few students who stayed to the very end. And they had their palms, and they were like, first down. It's a first oh. down, I guess. But at the beginning of this, it was like both yeah. sides, alumni, you know, the 
students first down. <laughs> and that was pretty hilarious. No, like, it was good. But the Texas fans brought it. They were loud and proud. Um, I mean, at the very beginning when they were singing the Eyes of Texas, both the alma maters were sung and Baylor, Baylor's band on the field gives the opposing team a chance to play their alma mater. And the Eyes of Texas was sung louder than Baylor was singing theirs. I mean, you could hear it clearly. It was it was a beautiful wow. thing. So mm-hmm. it was nice. Texas fans really showed up for this game and showed out. It was it was good to see. We we definitely a lot of Longhorns. Definitely painted Waco burn orange. Yes. There you go. Where are y'all right now? Are you driving home? No, we're not in yet. the Bronco. We're, we're parked. waiting. We're waiting okay. for the Connors. We're meeting the Connors. They're parked okay. next to us. So we're like, well, we'll just log in while we wait for them. They need a little <laughs> more time to get from where well, they're coming from. It's funny you mentioned the Connors because I know y'all love them and Hayden's been a badass, but like the depth of the offensive line, um, I mean, y'all have been watching as long as I have. So y'all know that we had 10 years there where we didn't have a starting five. And now it feels like that Cole Hudson can go out and DJ comes in. Like we just, you know, we, we may be seven or eight deep in the offensive line, which we weren't four deep five years right. ago. Right. When when's the last time we could say that we had that kind of depth with the big guys? You know, I, it's it's been nice Mid-2000s. to see. Right. We talked about it a little bit during the Baylor game, or excuse me, the Rice game. We saw some miscommunication early on, but you notice Sark was rotating a lot of those O line guys out, getting everybody reps at every position, and that's one of the really nice things that we've seen is that. It's exactly like you're saying, Katie. You can take one guy out. It's it's a plug and play system right now. It feels, and that's that is a refreshing and beautiful thing for Texas football because it's been a, it's been a minute since we've had yeah. that. Yeah, y'all might have just answered it, but for y'all personally, the most impressive part of Texas 38 Baylor six was. I I would say it came from the most unimpressive, which was the two muffed punts. So from those awful muffed punts the defense had to go right back out there after you know having just played the defense had to go right back out there and only one field goal from the two muffed punts that started within the red zone yeah one field goal and out of those two they had a field goal earlier but from the two muffed punts came one field goal and then those all the youngins at the end especially malik muhammad like at the end all the youngins just stepped up and were so like proud to defend no touchdowns no touchdowns it was impressive but to me to turn that ugliness into just goal line defense within the red zone was huge twice yeah texas standing up i mean we haven't had an opponent score a touchdown on us since the first drive of the wyoming game so that that's insanely impressive um you know i think that d has really stepped up little disappointed felt like some regression uh, clearly on special teams with those those two both worthy and whittington taking their eye off the ball a little bit and then bert missing that kind of gimme field goal <laughs> what, what happened there but it happened i think the special teams is definitely gonna be running some bleachers when we they saw, get back to austin we saw you graded them in f and i'm like yeah it was not it was not a good but but, but he's also getting on bert for the hair like I want my kicker to look like that. I, I don't. I don't want my kicker to look like some some politician, some senator who's been around forever. He's like with a comb over. I want my kicker to kind of look like one of those people you wouldn't mess with. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. kicker's crazy. Man. He's got to be nuts. And and yeah, I like I like that little bit of wild in him. That's that's definitely you got you got a hair like that. You got to rock it, man. You got those gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous locks and crazy curls. Rock that. I love it. <laughs> 
Mm. Yeah, I want my kicker to uh, act like Russell Erksleben, actually. That's that's what I'm looking for from a financial standpoint. But, you know, looks, I guess, I guess a little different. No, I don't. We don't like him. We're, we, we're I want the him. leg. I, no, I don't want no. 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 Why do you have to bring that up, man? Hey, I don't I want, know. I want to ask y'all. So it was super hot. And they were talking about it on the telecast. And I mean, we're, we are all from here. So we, it's not like a big deal for us, but you've got pads on and you're 320 pounds, you know, and you're playing a sport like that. You need depth. Did, did y'all, I mean, cause being live can be different sometimes. Did y'all recognize Jamon Tapp and Finkley? We, we love Dr. April's mom all those guys getting in that quickly and that early to where we were fresh in the third quarter. Yes. Yeah. There was def it was definitely humid, honestly, being right on the Brazos, there was a nice breeze coming through, but it, it was warmer uh, certainly than our Wyoming game, nothing compared to, you know, the, the Bama or the opener, but um, it was, it was definitely warm in the stadium and of course hotter on the field. We actually noticed, I don't know if y'all saw this on TV. Did, was it 70? One of the guys, one of our our uh, linemen was actually, they were right there on the goal line and he puked on the field and the, and then he was right ready to play. Like he never went down, wasn't yeah. hurt or anything, but puked on the field and the ref stopped him and said, nope, and and made him leave the field for a play. Wow. And that, got, I think that was the drive that was leading up to the missed field goal. Yeah, I mean, it was right there. But yeah, um, yeah so, 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 so it was Christian Jones, number 70? It, yeah, I believe so. I, uh, it, I'm going to give him a lot of crap. For I, that. know, That's I love him to death. <laughs> but listen, it wasn't. He didn't want to go he out. He didn't want to go out. He was like, handled it. Let's roll. Like he was fine. You know, it was the ref that that literally was in his face and saying, absolutely not. You have to get off the field. So well, you, huh. you guys check Twitter because the Houston University of Houston right tackle did the same thing today. But uh -huh. it was it was like hose coming out. I mean, it yes. was two or three. BK, did you see that? I did not. Did oh. he realize he plays for Houston? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we, and we lost KD on that. We, we fortunate because you know how Baylor Stadium is shaped like a toilet seat, right? Yeah. So we were at the front end of the toilet seat. So opposite <laughs> is the screen. You know, they're, they're, they're cute screen and the river behind so we actually were right in the breezeway uh kind of up high you know the yeah. the higher level of river. so we had cool fresh breezy air the entire game down below it might have been higher. horrific yeah. and hot and not no airway down there but where we were it was like we were just it was it was really nice for us but we weren't playing in all the, <laughs> in the equipment down on the field yeah Goodness. Well, a great final trip for the Longhorns to Waco. And uh, it sounds like a great trip for y'all as well. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm excited to listen to y'all on Wednesday. Yeah. Fire the cannon and uh, y'all get home safe tonight for sure. Thank you. Good Will night, do. guys. We'll be y listening. Be All right. Good night. Car carne asada. Y'all make sure to uh, to follow Fire the Cannon on Twitter and also follow Rocky yeah. at Rocky Knows Best and follow Megan at Texas Fancy Boots. They're all over it. They go to every game. Great fans. They know their stuff. We love yeah. that they're part of the Texas Sports Unfiltered family. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool that they made the trek. Pretty cool for any Longhorn fan who made the trek up I-35. That's worth the traffic and the annoyances that a trip to Waco brings if your team goes out and plays like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to Floyd Casey a couple times. And I will say McLean is is 
for what Waco is and, and, and Baylor, how many seats they really need, they did a really good job with that. And it's so much better than Floyd Casey. But, man, it's so nice to go get the dub and get out of there and um, never go back. Absolutely. All right, let's get to uh, some of our sponsored segments here. We'll start with the offensive MVP brought to you by Verde's Mexican Perea. Drove by there tonight. Place was packed. Amazing Mexican food, amazing Tex-Mex food. It's off 71 on Hamilton Pool Road. Great indoor dining area, plus a massive, massive outdoor covered patio. So when the weather starts to cool down a little bit, that is going to be the place where you and the whole family can hang out. The food is ridiculously good. And I'm pretty sure they're going to be hooking us up with a $50 gift card as part of our 5,000 subscriber giveaway. So shout out to Verde's Mexican Perea for that. KD, I will give you the honors Man, I mean, you, you could probably go a number of different routes here, but for you, the offensive MVP tonight was who? Man, there, I mean, there are a lot of different routes uh, we could go with that. Uh, I'm surprised you don't say Roots. Now, that's a band. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'd say different, things correctly. What are you talking about? Spelling. Uh, uh, Quinn was great. I thought he managed the game really well. Jonathan Brooks averaged six yards a carry. Um, the offensive line was really good. I mean, honestly, I hate to be that guy, and I'm not going to be that guy because you're going to give me too much shit for it, and I understand <laughs> to be like, I'm giving to all five offensive linemen because I think the offensive line is <clears throat> the strength of today. But I got to go JT Sanders. Mm. You have five catches after not getting a catch last week. Go for a buck and more. And the ball that Quinn gave him, but the one-handed catch – you know, there are some plays you see throughout the year. If you watch a ton of college football and you know someone's a possible first, second round pick, and you go, oh, we're going to see. I, when Roshan Johnson came down on kickoff last year and popped that guy like at the yeah. 15, I knew that we were going to hear Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all those guys with the this guy is definitely here for this. Look, there's 53 man roster spot. You got to play special teams. Look at him. That's going to be one of those where they go, this guy's the freak. He made a one handed catch, moves it to the left hand, and then stiff arms a dude. That was that was impressive. So I'll go JT, but you're right. There's probably four or five people or group we could take. Ridiculous skills, unbelievable hands, not as much hair gel as I have, but still super talented on the outside. This guy's a weapon. He is an impact player. He is a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. Love JT Sanders out of Texas. You did that one time on the show, you and you and Rod and I did. And Rod and I just had we're, are crying laughing because you were playing the music too with it. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, this sounds like Kuiper right that, now." But that I turned mean, from Kuiper to Mac Brown towards the end. I'm not entirely yeah, sure where I was going there, but what a neat deal when you catch it one handed and stiff arm a little booger, <laughs> little booger couldn't keep up with him. JT would have bitten the shit out of him in ten seconds in a fist spot. Dude, that guy. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare, man. Yeah. He really is. Like, and it's. It was blasphemous that he had zero catches last week. I mean, Texas didn't need him. They won the game by three touchdowns. But, like, that guy should be putting up stat lines like this pretty much every single week. Right. He's, he's not always going to go for 110. I get it. But, like, he, he has the ability to do that, I think, every single Saturday. And when Sark actually makes him a focal point of this offense, then he's tough to stop. So, yeah. 
I like that. I like that. I'll go with Brooks. Uh, how about the one-handed catch? Speaking of one-handed catches, like I guess Brooks can't catch with two hands, but if he uh, only needs to get one paw on it, he can make that happen. Obviously, another 100-yard game on the ground. You know, you can't go wrong with either of those two. But, uh, yeah, Jonathan Brooks, a couple of touchdowns, another 100-yard game, and then that sick catch. That's uh, That was pretty special, and it's back-to-back really, really strong performances from RB1 on this team. Yeah, I saw you tweet this, too, and I know that against Wyoming and Rice, Sark is going to hold stuff back, and I get it, man. Um, you should do that if you can. But he dialed some stuff up. I mean, even the – how about the Xavier throw to JT? Yeah. And Xavier put some air into that. Dude, does he throw a prettier deep ball than – I don't think he does, but I think he talked to him and said, hey, look, here's how you throw a deep ball. Yeah. Put some air under it. Let us go run underneath it. If it's a 40-yard gain and not a 55-yard touchdown, we're all good. We've um, seen, what, two worthy deep balls this year, and one of them led to a P.I. against Bama, but that yeah. looked like a good ball. That would have been caught if the Bama defender didn't tackle Sanders. And then, obviously, that one tonight was right on the money. So the success rate for worthy, just saying, man, a little better. It is. And I think for people that are saying, wait a minute, you're blowing out Baylor. You're going to win 38-6. Like, why would you ever dial that up? I get it with Bama. And yeah, it gave you the 80 Mitchell uh, PI. And that was a three-play 75-yard drive because the next one was to Sanders and then Jonathan Brooks for the touchdown. So um, the reason you do it is there there is some stuff you want to show to people to keep them off of what what you run a ton. And for them cheating on that. Mm. And it'd be very easy to cheat on the quick screen to Xavier, right? Which they're going to run maybe five times a game. And they may run that three times a year. So let Oklahoma and Kansas and everyone else, their defensive coordinators, look at that and be like, hey, we can't cheat too much here. Um, Because he will, they will dial this up and they're behind us. Yep. It's conference play, man. To hell with pulling punches at this point. And look, Sark is a good enough offensive coordinator to where he's got a few more tricks up his sleeve for the next couple of weeks. I'm not worried about that at all. And yeah, Rice, Wyoming. Okay. You want to hold some stuff back? No problem there. But uh, the number one goal for this team was to win the Big 12. This was a Big 12 game. This one counted the same as any other conference game that Texas will play this year. Don't mess around with a team like that. Do what it takes to win. And I thought this one, KD, like I, I just think about last year's Texas team and just how reliant the Longhorn passing attack was on Xavier Worthy. Three catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown for Worthy. And for Quinn in this passing game to look as good as it did, like that's a huge, huge step in the right direction for this team. It just shows you the talent and the depth. You used that depth word earlier. Texas has it with those pass catchers, and it was on full display tonight. No, it it definitely was. Um, And I guess my my only question, and and, and look, I'm not trying to be – the guy on the message board who's like, I'm not real happy with this win. I'm a staff and, and I'm so glad where this team is and moving in the right direction. And today's the type of domination they needed. What's going on with Naor? I mean, are they just, are they just loaded too much? And others, I mean, this would have been a game. You got John K. Cookaball, which we talked about during the week. Yeah. Let's rotate a little more. We don't want to be Tom Herman in fourth and seven with the season on the line. You know, let's take him out. It's like, no, 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 Have your best ones in right now. Um, but I'm just curious because, I mean, you probably talk to more people than me right now about this. What's going on with New York? I don't know. 
Did he even yeah. play tonight? Was he on the field? I never saw him. Dude, I mean, the insiders are saying, like, he's fine. So I, I don't know if it's a doghouse thing. I don't know if it's uh, maybe he's not fine and he's still, you know, not close to 100% from that right. ACL injury. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, if I opened up Twitter tomorrow and saw that Nayor had entered the transfer portal, it wouldn't shock me at this point. Like, that, that guy has to be slightly regretting his decision to come here, right? Like, it's fun to be on a winning team, and maybe he's team first. Like, shit, I got a chance to be a part of a playoff team and a conference title team, and that's great. But, and that guy, like, Tennessee was offering him, and a bunch of schools were offering him. And, you know, I, I, I assume he came to Texas with the expectation that he was going to get the play. And, obviously, last year he was hurt, so he couldn't. But kind of a, a stunner that we just haven't seen him at all, considering the hype around that kid before, before uh, he got to Texas. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, and maybe maybe there is something physically where he's not totally there yet, and back to where he was uh, when he was tearing up for Wyoming, or maybe the competition's too much. No, I, I don't know, but um, that'd be the only thing that just personnel-wise, I'm kind of wondering what they're doing there. But, man, that, that's a lot better than the personnel stuff you and I talked about on postgame a couple of years ago, three years yeah. ago, where Absolutely. we're talking about guys who are starting half the team and, like, what the hell's going on. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. Offensive play of the game brought to you by Hat Creek. By the way, we're giving away a $25 Hat Creek Burger Company gift card during this post-game show. All you have to do, subscribe to the channel, like the video if you haven't yet, and leave a comment. Comment can be about anything. Just leave a comment on the Clean Cause YouTube comment line, and then boom, just like that, you're entered to win. We'll pick a winner before we get out of here. But offensive play of the game, we go in double pass. We go in one-hand catch. We go in something, the Ewers TD run. What are we thinking here? All three of those are in my head. I'm going to let you go first. What was yours? Mm, I will go with the mm, – I'll go with the Ewers touchdown run. Uh, I because. If that's an element, we know it's not going to be a consistent part of his game. But, like, you talk about the double pass, keeping defenses honest. Ewers puts that shit on tape. Like, oh, we can't just turn our backs and not account for this guy's legs at all. Otherwise, he might do this to us. Like yep. that, that's another element to this Texas offense, which looked pretty scary tonight. I'm with you. I'd take that one, too, for a couple of reasons. One, it does break tendencies and where people at least have to, hey, this guy can park one from 30. He's not BY, he's not, but he can, so be careful with that. Not that they're going to be spying him next week, but but also the blocks with that, the Kelvin Banks block I talked about and the JT Sanders down the field. That, that's where we're seeing a lot of the stuff come together um, on offense and defense where, you know, Tavondre Sweat may make a play, but it's Jalen Ford on the edge who makes the tackle. But Sweat and Murphy forced him out, did their job. And then someone came and cleaned it up. And that was, I was proud of, so proud of like three guys on that play and two of them were blocking. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Thanks to Hat Creek for their sponsorship. How about 15 years for Hat Creek? That's right. They're That's celebrating crazy, man. 15th birthday this month. Do you remember when it started down on 6th Street? Yeah. No, I, I, I went to school with Drew. He was a year or two below me. And then um, he was great buddies with Ogden, who I hung out with a lot. So we we hung out in college. And um, the fact he's been able to turn this into this is is very impressive. Yeah. 26 locations now for Hat Creek Burger Company all across the state of Texas. Hey, if you're coming back from Waco, they've got a Hat Creek in Waco as well. But of course, tons of them all over Austin. Thanks to uh, Hat Creek Burger Company for sponsoring our offensive play of the game. 
All right, on to defense, KD. Defensive MVP. We kind of mentioned this earlier, but we never really gave our picks. And the defensive MVP is brought to you by Kenfield Golf Cars. Shit, I, I thought the offensive MVP was going to be tough to pick, but this was just a total team effort for PK's group tonight. It should be probably Jalen Ford with the eight tackles in the pick, uh, especially in the end zone. Um, but I'll let you pick him. I'm going to take Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy just continues to. I mean, I'll be curious to talk to some of the NFL people that I know and and get your take too with the people you know and just find out if he's shooting up the way that my eyes are are seeing it because shooting up boards um, mm. because he yeah well yeah, yeah hold on I don't want to get a is that why he's gotten so strong no um, I thought you were but, talking like he was hanging out on seventh and. 35 downtown or something like that. <laughs> no, no. That kind of shooting up. I was like, yeah, oh, that, that's a that report, shows, Chip Brown. That shows our age. And I didn't even think of that because at your age, I would have. But yeah, um, no, I mean, he's he just impresses me so much. I think he does so much to impact the game. And when they go to the three down alignment, he's still getting in there and making plays. So it, it should probably be Jalen Ford, but I'm going to go Byron Murphy. Yeah, I mean, those are your two choices, right? I mean, a pretty impressive stat line for Byron Murphy. Four tackles, three TFLs, two sacks. I mean, for an interior D-line, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, that's ridiculous. I'll go with Jalen Ford, though. You gave me the layup. Back-to-back uh, -back years with an interception against Baylor. He had that huge INT in the fourth quarter that kind of turned the tide for Texas in last year's win in Austin. And this one not as big because Texas had the game in hand, but fourth and goal, relatively big play in the end zone to get the INT. Probably should have taken a knee, but because he didn't, Texas put together a seven-play, 95-yard offensive yeah. drive that really demoralized Baylor if they weren't completely demoralized yet. So, uh, yeah, now I'll go with uh, I'll go with Jalen Ford and the defensive MVP brought to you by our friends at Kenfield Golf Cars. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned golf cart, our friends at Kenfield Golf Cars are right around the corner to help you. They were founded in 1979. They've got an unparalleled selection of different golf carts available in new and used. If you already have a golf cart, you want to spice it up a little bit, they've got you. If you're looking for one for your house, for your business, whatever, they can turn your golf cart dreams into reality. I'm telling you, nobody does it better than Kenfield Golf Cars. Go to their website, KenfieldGolfCars.com, for more information. And uh, thanks to them for their great partnership with us here right. on the Texas Sports Unfiltered postgame show. What you got? Play of the game? Yeah, deep play of the game brought to you by Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. What you got? I mean, we obviously could do Jalen Ford's pick. There are probably a couple that we could do, which shows the domination, but or a couple of the goal line stands. But midfield on the fourth and two, and it's, you know, it's over with, but they're still, when they ran right, and I think it was Tavondre Sweat who just blew it up. Like, to me, that was a microcosm of what this whole game was, you know, to where we could, we could give this up very easily, but no, we're going to blow up the line and it's not close. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I mean, Texas had what one, two, three forced turnovers on downs in this game yeah. tonight. Uh, and then hell the interception came on a fourth down. So if you want to call that four turnovers on downs, it's perfectly fine with me. Uh, yeah, that, that was the one, the one you're talking about where that little white running back just ran into a wall uh, that was the one that came in the first half. I think it was 21-3 at that point. So I guess you could say the game was still up for grabs, even though it was clear and obvious by that point who the better team was. 
But uh, I'll agree with you on that one. I'll go with the uh, four, uh, the first fourth down stop for Texas as the defensive play of the game. But, hell, you could pick like 15 of them, and uh, I don't think you would have much argument against anything from Texas. It was a dominant defensive performance. And, yeah, the fire of the cannon lady said it, KD. Like, Wyoming, their first drive of the game, they had that 60-plus yard touchdown run. Since then, it's basically been eight full quarters without giving up a touchdown for this Texas defense. It's pretty damn good. Like Wyoming's G5, but hell, they beat Texas Tech. I guess everyone's beating Texas Tech these days. But uh, Baylor, too, like a conference game in their house. It's a damn good run that this Texas defensive unit is on right now. Yeah, and they're playing a lot of guys. I mean, I thought it was great to see. um, Obviously, we had seen Malik Muhammad a little bit, but uh, Derek Williams, Blackwell came back. Obviously, Michael Taft, who luckily that was uncatchable, but uh, Justice Finkley, Alfred Collins made some plays. Aaron Bryant was in there. Jamon Tapp. Um, for me, like that, just seeing the depth, was there one of those guys, one of the guys who doesn't start, a younger guy who kind of flashed for you, got you excited? Uh, it was good to see Finkley with that sack uh, yep. towards the end of the game. We, we've heard some good things about him in his Texas career, and it was nice for him to get that opportunity. Um He's 20 years or 19 years old going on 50 as a CEO for like a major company. Is that right? That's awesome. Like, <laughs> like impressive and also depressing for someone like at 45. It's like, dude, I, like, how are you built like this? Um, so he's, you know, he's not only physically built, but emotionally and, and mentally that that kid's a real deal. Yeah. As uh, family's the real deal too. Yeah. Mom's a doctor, right? That's yeah, Doctor April. Yeah, that's a big deal. How about the uh, look? You kind of knew it was going to be a good night when on the first play of the game, Jet Bush, uh, Jet Bush gets a sack. Yeah, right. That, that's when you kind of sense that. All right, well, if that I, guy's doing that, then uh, we're going to be okay. I thought about using saying that for play of the game because that was such a tone setter, and I thought, all right, Jet and Jet's a good player, but Jet's flagging you down from the edge. I feel pretty good about this one play in it. Yeah, Jet's a player. I'll give you that. Jet's a player. Don't be an asshole. Why are you being an asshole right now? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We uh we love Jet Bush and he's related to a few of our yeah. former presidents, so I have to be nice. Yeah. I think those are the rules there. I didn't uh, say I love him, by the way. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> That's good. That I would have questioned you a little bit. Then I would have called you an asshole. Like, all right, now you're being sarcastic. What's going on here? Defensive player of the game brought to you by our friends at Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. Love this place too, man. Oh, the downtown location. Yeah, I've had great. plenty of brunches there. They've got great dinner as well. Good happy hour during the week. Tons of great cocktails too. Uh, really just an awesome dining experience every time you go into Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. Uh, if you've got family ever in town or, hell, you just want to take your family to a, a great spot to grab a meal. No better spot than Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. We'll be giving away a couple of $50 gift cards from them in our 5,000 subscriber giveaway as well. All right, Katie, let's uh, let's have a little fun here. You want to go around the country a little bit with uh, some scoreboard updates? Yeah, there's a place in South Bend we shouldn't talk about, but everything else, we're good. No, yeah, we no, won't. We, we can talk about that. It's still burning, though, like it, the – and by the way, I was I was very prepared to come on after a Notre Dame win and say I have no idea who would have won this game. You know how many total possessions they had? Total, both teams in the first half. No. Seven. 
Both? It felt like a a, a warm-up, man. They've got to change the rules. And I mean change them from even last year. You go out of bounds, you go out of bounds. Stop the fucking clock, all right? But certainly don't start everything. Where are you all going? What do you have to do? And if you're married with kids, that's not an excuse. I know all y'all. Y'all want to stay out longer than I do. And be kidding. <laughs> we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. I nice. usually like to get home because I can do whatever I want then. I don't have kids screaming all the time. So for all the Trey Ellings in the world, even Trey's on board now. It, it has drastically affected how I would look at this. Ohio State won fair and square, but that it should have been 17-14 in the third quarter, and Ohio State probably wins 24-17. Mm. Well, in the, in the NFL, though, if you run out of bounds, they, they start the clock at some point, right, once they reset the ball? Yeah, they do. Uh, how long is the play clock in the NFL? Ah, good point. Not the same. You're talking about 15 extra seconds on every yeah. play. And by the way, one of the things I love about college, these guys aren't the NFL. They're not going to master every single drive. There's going to be some masturbation in there before you get to Ooh. the payoff. Well, you might not have enough time to do that with these rule changes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you will. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty quick, dude. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> one, one drive is is more than enough for me on that front. But in terms of Notre Dame, Ohio State, um, I'm not sold on McCord. Um, you know, I knew there'd be certain matchups that were there. And this, you know, this was probably a tighter game than it should have been. And Ohio State, for the most part, is more talented. But uh, that 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 was a tough one to swallow. Yeah, y'all y'all had your opportunities, man. Oh, like, no doubt. No if doubt. That, if that game is played 10 times at Notre Dame Stadium, I think the Irish win seven, if not eight of them. This, okay. this was just, it, it was not the night tonight. I, like Ohio State's got more talent. They've got more NFL players, but like Notre Dame has the clear quarterback advantage, and it just felt yep. like they, they should have won this game tonight. Some of it was self-inflicted wounds. Some of yep. it was balls not bouncing their way. Uh, and look, a loss is a loss. Like no moral victories yep. with that fan base ever. The, uh, so let me get that straight here. Yeah. They, they lost, yep. period. Yeah. And, and either team would have had to say that because there's just not much separation. Certainly not when you have seven total possessions in the first half. Yeah, well, there's Vegas. And don't again. tell me eight. Notre Dame took a knee with 24 seconds to go in the first half. There were seven total possessions. 24 seconds is more than enough time for me, let me tell you. That's uh, If we're going back to that conversation, I'll, I will take that. I what, will else, take that. What, what else stood out? Because um, it's funny. I, I thought the best game, I actually didn't think Clemson-Florida State was as good a game as the result was. Hmm. Uh, but it was it was definitely fun to watch. Um, I don't know if you caught because it was late. LSU Arkansas to me was the most exciting game of the night. Or the Dude, I, I could not believe Arkansas was getting 18 points. Like my cousin was all over that. I know Arkansas lost to BYU Good. last week, and I know LSU beat the crap out of Mississippi State, but that that line felt weird. I didn't think it'd be a game winning field goal with five seconds left, like it was. But right. that that like yeah, give Arkansas some credit, man. I mean, you know, Sam Pittman did some great things early on. Obviously, the year they beat Texas, they had a great season, and people were loving that guy. And the honeymoon period sort of feels like it's over. Uh, this was a big game for them after last week, and they fought hard. And damn, they they damn near had that one. But that was back and forth, a lot of points, a lot of energy. That was uh, not your old school SEC football game. That one had some excitement. 
No, I, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad you took that. Hopefully you took my advice and all y'all did, even though my heart is broken right now. Thank God for Texas. Because, uh, like, I'm going to go delete the Notre Dame game right away and go rewatch Texas uh, Baylor. And, yes, I'm with you, AP. Uh, hmm. Thank you. Um, but, I, you know, that the um, there, were, there were a couple games that, that stood out to me, but Arkansas, Arkansas uh, LSU was fantastic. What did you think about Ole Miss Alabama? Uh, I didn't get to watch that that closely because that was during the pregame show that Bucky and I okay. did. Yeah, um, I like. I know you had Ole Miss in this one. I don't. I don't mean to say this to disparage you by any stretch of the imagination. You know, oh, I, I was dead wrong. Good. And what the fuck am I doing leaning on Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Like this, I just so, totally fair. Bring it. Well, it, it's it is less to do with Ole Miss than it does Alabama. Like Alabama's still really good at football. Like, I, I don't know why it just felt like a cool thing to do to dunk on Texas's win after last week because Alabama offensively couldn't get their shit together. Like that's back-to-back weeks where Alabama's defense has looked freaking amazing. So yeah. to me, I know Alabama is outside of the top 10. They might creep back in because of some of the other results in college football. Maybe. But like th- that defense is still elite. And for Texas yeah. and Quinn Ewers to do what they did – like, come on, man. I mean, Jackson Dart has been really freaking good. And that Ole Miss offense was unstoppable through three weeks. They scored 10 points, and their only touchdown came in the, what, the fourth quarter? Or no, yeah. in the first quarter. Very first quarter early. on the draw on yeah. third and seven, and they fucked that up getting there. Uh, so, yeah, Alabama's not – look, they're not 11-1. and one. They're not a playoff team this year. I'm not saying that, but, like, holy shit, the amount of people who texted me – and a lot of these were Texas fans, too, who were like, ah, oh, this is Notre Dame. This is 2016 Notre Dame all over again. I'm like, no, dude, I will, no, no, I will no, cut no. off my nuts if this Alabama team goes four and eight this year. Like, what are you talking about here? Sorry for that one, KD. Uh, but yeah, Alabama's still very, very good at football, and they they proved it. They still know what they're doing, and they're not winning the championship this year. But for anybody who's trying to just close the book on Nick Saban and saying oh, Alabama's going to be awful this season, like. Uh, they proved it today that they still know what they're doing, and they're still going to probably win nine or ten games at minimum this year. Agreed. Um, if you do get a nut or nuts cut off, I'd, I'd recommend Dr. Dick Chop. Richard Chop was my urologist. Uh, real. That's real, too. I, I can't believe that. I still C-H-O-P-P-E. don't believe PPE. Ah, like ice cream yeah. shoppy, you know, one of yeah. those things. I think he's retired, but the cool thing is he gives it to you, and you can put it in a lot of lamp jar. Um, so, which is always fun for parties and just conversation, you know, is that what you did? I wanted to, I asked to, I was 18 too. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it, but you're right about Bama. I never went that far. I just seen old miss go up and down the field and knew that Jalen Milrow is not the answer, which he's not, by the way, don't give me, he had a couple deep balls. We've all said he can hit some deep balls and he threw some good balls today. He can't read defenses. Alabama's not certainly not great. Now we're comparing them. You know, I was laughing with someone about Westlake. I'm like, Westlake can't throw the ball. Yeah, they beat Lake Travis, but yeah, you're coming off Cade Klubnick in like in the two best Westlake teams of all time, and they won three in a row. So you got to remember that kind of the, the comparative analysis. Um, but I was unimpressed with both teams, incredibly unimpressed with Lane Kiffin. And that was separation. I mean, Kiffin and Sark are the two OCs for Pete Carroll and USC, and both of these young, great, bright minds. And 
the game that Sark dialed up against Alabama, I think he's got more talent. And the game that Kiffin, how many jet sweeps on third and eight down 10 are you going to run, brah? Oh, is that what they were doing? Oh, my God. I'm screaming. <laughs> like, go downfield, you dumbass. And Ugh. Kiffin even apologized. He, who knows with Kiffin? But he apologized tonight on Twitter and said, this is all on me. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, but you're right. Bama's defense looked like the old Bama defense. They're not going anywhere there. And the biggest thing for them is they were really able to wear on them with the run game in the second half. And yeah. that's what they couldn't do with Texas. Um, so the Bama offensive line needs to be a strength. They've not been. They even had some pass pro issues in this game. But they wore on them with the run game. And um, they deserve to win that game. So, But I did give you Notre Dame. And I – I think three and a half was it. So, mm, yeah, I was with you. Just on the tip there, buddy. Yep, you take the uh, sometimes the hook works in your favor. Sometimes right. it doesn't. Shout it out does. to Orlando, twenty bucks. Oh, hey Orlando, thank you very so much. Think, thank you all for all you do for giving us Texas sports unfiltered, giving back, giving us back what we thought we lost. Truly means a lot. Well, your kind words and the yeah, donation truly mean a lot as well, Orlando. Thank you uh, very, very much, and thank all of y'all for your support of this channel 5k subs in five weeks very very impressive we never dreamt of that did we no 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 you no may have, but I didn't. shoot I, I had high hopes for this thing obviously uh like leaving right. my job to to start this I, I thought there was a chance it'd be good and i thought there was a chance texas was going to be pretty freaking good too and uh so far so good on uh on both fronts uh, any other games? We're, we're just past an hour here. We'll go for a little bit longer. But, I can go uh, longer. I mean, if you will, I don't want to go watch college. That's the other thing. I don't want to watch college fall live now. So yeah. Like, it's yeah, funny well, how, I mean, how much we care about this. And one one little flip makes it from, I'll, I'll get to bed early tonight. That's a good thing. Um, <laughs> but Washington State and Cam Ward, I mean, they don't have much of a defense. And they ended up being a close game. But I'd only seen them for a quarter. I'd seen Oregon State. Washington State, man, those guys, that's a high-octane offense. And Cam Ward is the real fucking deal. Yeah, he is. He's a stud. He was talented. And Oregon State, I think, is really, really good. And Cam Ward was an unranked recruit coming out of high school. I know. And he has just developed into one of the more explosive players in college football. He really has. I don't think that's hyperbole by any stretch. He's fun to watch. And, yeah, the Pac-2 championship goes to Wazoo. The, uh, the two remaining teams there. Uh, that was a good game. Yeah, Oregon State made it close down the stretch, but Wazoo gets the win. And I thought they were dumb for firing that guy because he didn't get vaccinated, but I, I, I guess it worked. Now nah, they're still they're still pretty dumb for that. No, they're they? still dumb for doing that. But, yeah, yeah it, 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 it obviously worked out. Um, I would say what else? Um, speaking of developing, Jordan Travis. I mean, I know he's got like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six receivers. Um and I wish we would have gotten Johnny, but um, we're probably okay there. But he's gotten so much better. Like, I mean, he's a great example of someone who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat three years ago. Yeah. And now he's throwing some back shoulder fades, you know, on a line. He's a great example of 18 to 22 and how much you can get better and develop. That was a good win for them. Clemson, how far has Clemson really fallen? For you because I've gotten into why I think they're not the same as they were, and I think I'm right about that with the position uh groups that just aren't the same, especially receiver, and they were banged up there. Yeah, but are they um 
has this gone from a top three program who's battling with Ohio State, Georgia, and, and Bama to outside of the top 10? Ooh, I don't know about outside of the top 10, but I mean, look, they're not ranked right now and they're not going to be ranked next week, but I, I still feel like it's a top 10 program in the, in the country, but they're not the level of Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State anymore. I think that's clear. And you're right, the personnel just in there. Uh, the wide receiver room, yep, it's clear and obvious. You saw that in the Duke game. It's like, how are you not winning one-on-ones against Duke in football? If, if you were going up against Coach K's team, then I'd understand maybe them locking you down a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, like in football, is, you can't. Is that one of those where, where like the quarterbacks are slapping the field before, yeah. before, before it's yeah, snapped? Coach K just berating the refs the entire time with that rat face. Yeah, he got that going on there. But yeah, look, I, I can't. Will Shipley's not the problem, but no. white, white running backs. Come on, man. Uh, those, those usually scare me. College football, I can't take you that seriously as a national championship. <laughs> white running back. And then, dude, like, so what, what was – people said something about Clemson before they won those two titles. And obviously it changed when they did, but – there was a verb for Clemson. It was Clemsoning. Yeah. And they didn't do that for years, and now they do that. Like, Duke beat them, but Clemson shot themselves in the foot a hundred times in that game, and then Florida State didn't lead until overtime. Like, Clemson was better today, I thought. They just yeah. they couldn't get out of their own way. So it's like, I, I still feel like they've got, you know, borderline top 10 talent, but they the same shit that they did in Dabo's first few years, they're starting to do again now, and it's got to be frustrating as hell if you're a Tigers fan. I'm with you. Um, no, I, I think Clemson fans have much more of a right than Notre Dame fans to walk out and say, we should have won, we were better. Yeah. Not by a large margin at all. I mean, it's a close margin. The Notre Dame-Ohio State deal, either team would have walked out if you would have said, we're much better. I'm like, no, y'all are, y'all were, you know, kind of hockeying around there. But um, Clemson should have won that game. How about the kicker? How great that story was. <laughs> That's what I love about sports. Sports doesn't care. Like, nope. if you're writing that script in Hollywood right now, which I, you and I could because there are no writers, <laughs> the kid makes it. Or at least doinks it and it hits the bottom and then bounces in, right? Yeah. Or he yeah, misses yeah, yeah. it and hits a 55-yarder to get to overtime, right? It's like, no, they're showing his parents. It's like, no, nope, sorry, wide left, bro. Oh, okay. I can't believe they showed his parents after that, too. Two things today. I was just like, dude, this feels wrong. That moment right there. And then Dave Aranda getting interviewed going into the fourth quarter tonight. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I was just like, so, so, so oh. coach, uh, you're down 38 6. It feels 70 to 3, to be honest. But um, what are you going to do here <laughs> in the fourth quarter? What are we going to do? Lick our wounds and get the hell out of here? What, yeah. what do you mean? What are we going to do? Yeah, Randa was very classy and professional about it. Yeah, we're going to focus on UCF next week. That's right. that's what we're going to do at this point. Uh, around the Big 12, um, man, I mean, Texas Tech, dude. Like, what 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 happened? This team, like, for you know, obviously the offseason hype, that was overblown, and it felt ridiculous at the time. And Joey McGuire was doing a lot of talking, and he was clearly talking out of turn. But, you know, this is a team that last year beat Texas and Oklahoma for the first time in school history. I know Oklahoma wasn't the same, and I know Texas wasn't as good as they are this year. But they it felt like Tech had a lot going for them. One of their best recruiting classes in school history. They brought back all 11 starters on the offensive side of the ball. And they lose to a West Virginia team that, like, can't wait to fire its coach that's a dead program walking right now, and Texas Tech can't even beat them. 
And West Virginia, I think, was picked to finish what last or second to last in this conference. I think like, second is, to last. Yeah, it's a it's a freaking disaster in Lubbock right now, dude. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Not for me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm eating it up. <laughs> the fact that the Big Twelve championship runs through Lubbock, you know, and I've got family members who are tech people, so no, it's been um, yeah, they, they they've got obviously serious issues. So I've got no problem. Looking at that, I hope we can just get, obviously get to um, get to the end of the year and be in good shape to make the Big 12 championship. Still a lot in front of Texas, but um, but be able to take care of them because that they're right there with Baylor as two teams. If if Texas never plays again, I'm fine with. It. Yeah. Hey, the text line five one two 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 nine three two eight. Someone says I good watch question. y'all. On, I watch y'all on my TV, so I don't know how to catch your attention. Tell me how to give y'all money. Hey, hop on hop on YouTube. And uh, jump in the super chat, or you know, you can send me a Venmo, I guess. Yeah, I'll take that too. We'll make sure it goes to the uh, right people there. Uh, it, I feel it probably won't, so yeah. <laughs> it'll go to uh, Sixth Street tonight. So, thank you very much for uh, for a drink. But at Brad before, before we answer this, because I also want to get your take on Kansas as a yeah. little preview. Um, what are you going to Sixth Street tonight? Uh, you've been working your ass off and living there. I want you to go out and, and have a little fun. Yeah, it's uh, I got a couple of buddies having her 30th birthday uh, tonight. They're Texas Tech fans, so, uh, you know, they started at 8. I don't know how long they're going to make it. Hell, because they went to Tech, maybe they'll make it to like 4 in the morning and just drink themselves <laughs> into oblivion. But uh, maybe going out after this, we will see. Uh, but, yeah, this good question from AP. What it upcoming is, yeah. day, like, man. I think there are still two, and these were the two that I had going into the year in conference play that worried me the most. It's Oklahoma and Kansas State. Yeah. Uh, I was higher on OU than most going into the year. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not sold on it. Like four and I they played nobody. Cincinnati sucks. You or I could have played quarterback better than uh, Emory University Jones or whatever that guy's name is. He sucked. He sucked, and he sucks. So, like, I don't think they're that great. I think Texas is clearly better. But because that game is that game, that one worries me a little bit. And then I, I still think K-State is the second-best team in the Big 12. Like, that was my preseason Big 12 championship prediction was Texas and Kansas State. I know K-State lost to Mizzou. Well, K-State loses a non-con game every year, and then they find a way to be in the mix at the Big 12 at the yeah. end of the season. Obviously, they won the damn title last year. So, I'll still go with those two. What say you? Uh, those two definitely jump out. I mean, I think they have a loss, if not two in front of them. I don't think they go undefeated. And I think that one of the things that is enjoyable about tonight is that they should have dominated and they did, but they've had a lot of those games during this run the last decade. And I say decade, it's going on 13 years. Um, and they don't. And not only do they not dominate, they get put in a spot where a, a missed holding call or a fuck up by a DB who, you know, grabs someone when he shouldn't and it goes from third and eight to first and 10 and they end up winning. Um, that That's what was great about tonight to where it does give me some confidence that these guys week in and week out are going to are, are going to really bring their A game or whatever they whatever their game is that day. Hopefully it's good enough. I think BYU, too. Um, now, Kansas took care of them, obviously, so I should say Kansas. But BYU just seems like one of those programs that every time we play them, and this is probably 
PTSD for me that it could be one of those you overlook them, you know, because I do think that Kansas will have their attention next week, um, even with OU before that. I'm almost glad it's Kansas and not BYU or a team like that before OU. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is 4-0 right now. Um, if you wanted to say them as the answer to that yeah. question, I think, Fair. look, I mean, the last two times Kansas has played at DKR, they lost by a last-second Dicker the Kicker field goal, and obviously they won uh, as a 35-point underdog a couple of years ago. So, like, I, I don't think any Texas fans can overlook Kansas anymore. And, hell, those two results happened when Kansas was bad. Now Kansas is actually really good, and they've got one of the best offenses in the Big 12 right yep. now so yeah uh, it, it shouldn't be an overlooked spot we know what the texas ou game means but every game in this conference counts the exact same a loss to kansas counts the same as a loss to ou might hurt a little bit less uh but they count the exact same so texas has to be buttoned up because yeah this is a, a different kansas team it's not your older brothers jayhawks coming to town next week these guys uh these guys can play a little bit so the other question that AP had, like, uh, what, what are the biggest deficiencies or issues right now? Um, concern that y'all have the most? Um, I mean, obviously, you muck two punts. I mean, you, you've got to clean stuff up on special teams. You can't give away 50 yards and the ball. Um, still, I mean, at, at, look, he, still Quinn week to week. And he does. I saw someone, one of our guys, uh, tweet this. And maybe just because we're hyper focused and watching every play, does seem like he does have a lot of balls batted down in two years, does it not? Quinn, not as much this year, definitely last year. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of those tonight. I think uh, Gabe Hall got one, and somebody else got one too. So, uh, yeah, that's still. I mean, I just, I, I want to like every good performance Quinn has. I want to be like, okay, we don't have to worry about that anymore. But there's still that like seed of doubt that's like, oh, Quinn's going to go out next week and really struggle. And we're yep. still going to be like, why why do we not see Baylor Quinn every week? Why do we not see Alabama Quinn every week? So, yeah, it could be the bat downs. It could be the footwork. Uh, it, it could be a number of different things. I mean, when Quinn's on, he's one of the best in the country, you feel like. But when he's off, you know, it's like, really? People think this guy could be a first-round pick in the NFL draft? Like, this guy? What are we, what are yeah. we doing here? So, uh, yeah, that that's still... I, I guess a little bit of concern. It feels silly considering how well he played tonight to, to be talking about that. But uh, yeah, special teams like, no, it was nice to see the receivers not drop anything. Well, they just decided to drop their stuff on special teams instead of, you know, and actually catching the football. Uh, I, I feel fine about that. Like, obviously that was the big blemish tonight, but I, I, I trust Auburn in big spots. Uh, I trust worthy enough back there. Uh, Whittington, maybe not. Maybe maybe we uh, retire the two punt returner formation thing, because um, Whittington had been catching a whole lot of anything this season. No. Unfortunately, that's that's been a disappointment. It's yeah. it's a four and zero start, so we're obviously nitpicking. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's just still not knowing because this defense is elite, no doubt about that anymore. Uh, the run game has figured some things out. The O line has figured some things out. The receivers are still good, even though the drops have been more prevalent than we would like. I would still go with uh, with Quinn Ewers being like my biggest concern, just not knowing what we're going to get from him every single week. That could change if he plays great the next two games. Then it's yeah, be like, don't hey. worry about it. But right. For, for right now, it's two great games and two bad games for Quinn. So that's where we're at. Yeah, I would say even with the Wyoming game, so not all on Quinn. The flyover defense. If someone does have enough talent to implement a kryptonite type scheme against Sark, 
that he doesn't have answers for, that that is a cause for concern. And then defensively, the only one for me is secondary has been great. They've been awesome. You go up against really good wideouts, and I, I think outside of quarterback, obviously, the toughest position to play in football and college football is secondary because all the rules are bent for the offense and you're out there, you've got a ton of grass and you're by yourself and you're dealing with guys that are running four fours. Um, and you still have to communicate with your other four or five guys that are in your secondary as a unit. So you have to have the, the communication of the offensive line, but you're out in space. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, they've been great so far, but I also have seen this team, like I said, just panic, and a lot of secondaries do this. They haven't done it this year, but you get into a spot where you get beat or you think you're beat, you start clutching and grabbing, and uh, they haven't done that this year, but that would still be my only worry if there is one that has not been not showed its head at all this year. Yeah, they did give up a couple of big plays. I mean, Ryan Watts got burned a couple of times. Michael Taff had that. He did get a little handsy on that one play. I mean, Texas gave up six points, right? They didn't give up a touchdown, so clearly they were fine. Uh, but, that you know, uh, there was a little bit of that in the secondary. Monterey Baldwin is one of the fastest players in college football. Seems like a little bit of a head case, and he obviously has some drop issues. Was he clocked at twenty, almost 23 miles per hour last year? Yeah, I think the fastest speed in college football like that. That guy should be one of the best players in the country, but he I, I don't know what it is. He hasn't played much for them this year or what. His stats aren't very good. He had a nice catch, but obviously had a drop uh, as well, maybe a couple of drops tonight. But, yeah, not a lot of shame, I guess, in getting burned by a guy who runs that fast. But still, secondary, yeah, maybe it's a little UTSD, but uh, I still have some questions there. And, you know, one one more question for me. I'm looking at next week's schedule. I don't know if they've announced where college game day is going to be, but a lot of the spots where it could have been teams lost like Utah plays at Oregon state. That's a Friday game. So it wasn't going to be there. LSU plays at Ole Miss. Ole Miss lost. USC plays at Colorado. Colorado lost. Although we know Fox is going to be there because they don't leave that place. Uh, there's one other game too, where, you know, it's funny you said that. So I love Dion, like Dion growing up at Florida state for football and baseball was one of my favorite athletes of all time. I mean, I would make sure I watch Atlanta Falcons games when I could just for Dion and also Andre rising. Um, but I, so I love Dion. I love what he's doing, but it's funny. Like, you know, I'm glad he's doing it. It's been cool to watch, but they got so much hype and love, and we all knew that that was the easiest game to pick this week, by the way. Yeah. Even yeah, the 21-point line. You were dead on on that one. Yep. Yeah, Oregon and Dan Lanning not pulling any punches, too, with no. comments or with the game plan. You went all Tom Herman on that, man. He was probably passing out pills to get all the coaches jacked up. Yeah, boy. He served uh, Colorado some runny eggs and some cold bacon <laughs> after that one. Uh, game day's at Duke, apparently. So even though your Fighting Irish didn't get the job done, they uh, they will still be a part of of game day. So I'm getting I'm getting these texts, and I haven't been able to totally look at it. This is even worse, man. It's one thing if they want to run inside zone from the two or one and end up scoring. Notre Dame had ten guys on defense for that last play. No. 
Wasn't that out of a timeout? Am I making that? Oh. Well, did Notre Dame call a timeout on that? Yeah, I think they did. I don't know. I, I turned it off. I was too nervous. It really? Can watch. Oh, I do that a lot. Like nine, 90, 98 bowls against Utah. My dad's in the other room. I'm a senior, and he's has the game turned off, not even watching. I I do like I will turn to other games, then turn back. Um, not exactly emotionally mature. <laughs> uh, not that I need to tell you that, but yeah, I was so nervous that I was going back and forth. I couldn't I couldn't sit there and just watch the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of doing that with baseball right now. Like I I can't yeah. watch baseball. It's it's too nerve wracking for me, and I just I always expect the worst with the team I root for. So I I haven't even watched the last couple of days, even though it's like the final week of the season in a crazy tight division race in the American League West. I'm like, I'm happier not even turning it on. Oh God, the second you guys go to your bullpen. I mean, I've just turned into a quasi fan from watching them. I can't watch it. That <laughs> yeah. So I can only imagine you as a lifelong Rangers fan. Like, I, I don't want any part of this, you know. But, yeah, it's uh, – Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, you know my dream – yeah. Yeah. No kidding. My dream of a uh, Texas-Kansas college game day is not going to happen. This this would have been the year. Two 4-0 teams. It's going to be a ranked matchup. But – uh, you know what that means? You know what that means is that I don't know what the next weekend's like, but they're they're setting they're hoping that it's yep. it's undefeated OU in Texas and they're gonna go there. Dude, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Great minds think. And looking at the following week's schedule, there's there's nothing even close to that. Um that's Alabama at AM, but that you know, that doesn't have the weight that it sometimes has had in recent years. Uh yeah, that's that's the one right there. So Probably expect that in Dallas as long as Texas takes care of business and OU is able to beat the uh, the sports gamblers, the uh, the cousins of Iowa State. That's who they have next week. So I know we're going to preview. So all the people listening right now, if y'all haven't listened to the shows during the week, we got the band back together pretty much and even added to that. Um, I think it's a good mix of shows, you know, and so – your kids may not, they're like 10 and under, may not want to listen to me and Dre, but um, <laughs> but a lot of y'all are liking it. Um, so, you know, my dad would have let me listen to that. And, you know, as I told Dre, I turned out pretty damn good, BK. Um, uh, that's an opinion. Probably, it probably explains a lot, actually. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely explains a lot. <laughs> but we got good shows all throughout the week, including Rocky and Megan that joined the fam, and they're on Wednesday. So everyone's kind of bringing different perspectives. Um, but you've got the best perspective, and we'll hit it a ton this week. But, you know, what are your early thoughts with Kansas coming in? Uh, they're good. They're good. And Texas has not seen a quarterback like Jalen Daniels, right? I mean, that guy is uh, that guy is special. And He's Jalen Milrow who can throw intermediate stuff, correct? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's legit. He really is. I mean, Big 12 Offensive Preseason Player of the Year for a reason. And he's he's not just a good runner, like he's Jalen Milrow with his legs, but he he is one of the best throwers of the football in this conference too. And he has developed so much as a pocket passer. And you could argue Kansas has the best running back in the conference too, with Devin Neal, kid out yeah, of Lawrence. Like that well, kid he was, is he looked good, man. Yeah, yeah. And Highshaw is a good number too. Uh, now th- this Kansas offense is really freaking good. Like it, it's one of the best ten to fifteen offenses in college football. Their defense is bad. It's bad. Um, you know, Nevada 
gave them some fits. Kind of a weird game last weekend, but they scored 28. Now, BYU, okay, BYU went into Arkansas and scored 30-plus, but they they moved the ball and put up some points today. Uh, Texas is all fit. Like, if there's going to be a shootout that Texas plays this year, it might be next week. Like, I, I still think this defense isn't going to give up 30 or 40 against Kansas. I just think this Texas defense is too good to allow really anybody in this league to do that. But if there is a game that, hey, the Texas offense really needs to pick up the slack for the defense because, you know, the defense has kind of carried the weight through the first month of the year. It's going to be next Saturday. So great offense, still some holes defensively. They're obviously better than they've been in a long, long time. And I, I don't think there are 20 teams in the country better than Kansas right now. But uh, I, I expect Texas to win. This is a game Texas should win. They'll probably be double-digit favorites uh, when the line comes out tomorrow. So uh, should be a, should be a W for Texas. They took care of their business in Lawrence last year. They just they got to make sure they have that same mindset and mentality that uh, that they had tonight, and they'll walk out at DKR next Saturday afternoon with another W. I think the maturity of this team's great um, so far, and I, I think they're they're going to take it seriously and and not look ahead um, to OU. Um, so I'm I'm actually glad to hear that because I mean I, I saw their defense didn't look great, but if there's one unit right now that I want to lean on, it's the defense. Yeah. Boy, it's yeah, nice to say that, isn't it? It's nice yeah, to be able you know. to lean on lean on something, you know. And it's it's four games in a row. Like the offense, we've talked about it. Not inconsistent tonight, but you know, two and two, two good, two bad, four good for the defense. Yeah. Like that's that's not a coincidence. That's what is it? Once is a coincidence, twice is uh uh shit. Uh you sound like Jet Bush's uncle here. <laughs> Can't get fooled again. I think that's the uh, the end of the saying. All right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of leaning on, I know you want to go lean on some heifers. Anything else? Yeah. The final word. Let's <laughs> let's get to the final word. Brought to you by Paul's Motorworks. Love these folks. Twenty two, twenty two, and six twenty. It's where I go to get the oil changed in my car. Uh, they specialize in foreign and domestic auto repair. BMWs, Mercedes Benz, Audi, Porsche. Some of the nicer whips out there. If something's wrong with your car. They can help you out. Also, basic car maintenance. I mean, I drive an Altima. They they can change oil. They know what they're doing. Tough to find a good car mechanic. KD, you unfortunately no. know that. I, I, I'm calling them because I got a new alternator, but now, I, you know, I'm thinking, is my did that screw up my car a little bit? So I'm, mm. I'm, I'm bringing it in there because I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, pmwaustin.com is the website. They've been around since 2000. Like, they they know what they're doing. Longhorn fans, Texas Sports Unfiltered fans, uh, good people over there. KD, I will give you the floor, my friend. The final word from Texas 38, Baylor 6. I, 98 was one of the, the best years I remember as a Texas fan. They finished 9-3 and three and beat Mississippi State in, in the Cotton Bowl, right? Um, but the climb back after you've been down – that first year, you know, you're, 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 the expectations, maybe not the expectations, but the entitlement is different as a fan. I mean, Bama fans are losing their shit right now. They just came off the best dynasty of a 10-year period ever in modern-day college football. And now they're thinking, we only be on this 24-10? Mm. Um, th- this is a lot of fun. You know, I remember Texas beating Baylor 62-0. The Matt Nordgren fumble game picked it up, you know? Mm-hmm. That happened every year, and you expected it. You were entitled with it, and 
It's like, all right, good. Let's move on and, and let's keep on going. Like I enjoyed this blowout and this domination more than I have in a long time because there's still, as we said, the UTSD. Um, and, you know, so eat it up. If you're a Texas fan right now, enjoy that first year where you really feel like you're not to go test the tour. You're legitimate again. Yeah. And you're taking care of business the way you should. Let's not, don't gloss over that. Really eat it up and enjoy it. Cause I've been watching college football long enough that you've got these cycles. And when you're on the end of a run, you expect to be there. And when you're just getting back, it's like a first love, you know? Hmm. No, I, I don't know what a first love is like, actually. Have you never been in love? Oh, I, you know, my mom, my sisters. Uh, We're not playing Oklahoma this week, dude. Adam Sandler. He's probably on that list. So let me tell you this. The first love is the best. Um, yeah. It'll break your heart the most. You're the most up. You're the most down. But the up is is incredible. So um, yeah. I'm going to go back and I mean, I, I probably went back and watched 62 nothing. Maybe fast forward. I'm going to go back and rewatch this and eat it up because it may have only been 38-6, but we've been we've been longing for this for for a little while now. So eat it up and understand it's week to week and it's college football and they're not going to be as consistent as any of us want. But for them to come out and play like that and dominate, fuck, it's good to see. Yeah, there's not much more I need to add, man. I mean, that's incredibly well said, and it, it does feel nice and. Uh, to do that against Baylor, I hate Baylor. And knowing that that's the last matchup between these two teams for the foreseeable future, you said you hope it's the last ever matchup between these two schools to end it on that high note right there. And this is this is one of those feels different type of moments, right? It really is. Yeah. You said yep. it, it's week to week. So, you know, this high could come to a screeching halt at this time next Saturday. But uh, th this is one of those performances I mean, Texas plays down to its competition. How many times have we heard that yep. over the last 14, 13, 14 years, whatever? Uh, they did no such thing tonight. They did what they were supposed to do. They played to their standard, and it was pretty glorious because that's what the uh, the best Mac Brown teams would do. That's what the best Texas teams in program history would do, and we got to see Texas do that tonight, which was uh, a lot of fun. Well said. I will say this. When they're down 22 points, 28-6 at that point, and the defensive lineman's talking shit to, to uh, <laughs> every brought down. Yeah. And, I mean, I know this for a fact. I've worked with them. DJ Campbell and Kelvin Banks are two of the sweetest young men you'll ever meet. Mm. Like, great human beings. And um, But I love how they get on the field, and DJ especially, not having any of that. Like, it does feel like, not that, heck, there were teams eight years ago that had each other's back, but that may break a little bit. Like whether it's the blocks we talked about for viewers or flushing guys outside for Murphy and Sweat, like that's the type of stuff. Like it does feel like this is a true unit and they're not going to put up with shit. And um, yeah. I I enjoyed seeing DJ give him a little bit more and saying, get out of here, bro. Yep. That was a great moment. And also there was in the second half, somebody tackled Jonathan Brooks and was talking noise. And you could tell Brooks just pointed at the scoreboard and said, exactly. scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, why, why are y'all talking right now? We are kicking the shit out of you, dude. Right. Like, shut up. Okay. Yes. And, it's good to have good to have that back, my man. Oh, it really is. Really is. Good to have you and me doing post game back. This dude. Was really fun. 
this was a blast. It definitely brought back, uh, you know, we'll have a rotating group probably. I, I think I'm going to be doing the rest of them, but I'm sure Trey's going to have like some volleyball tournament, you know, for a three o'clock game that, that we got to do this. So I've got no problem doing that. Love doing it with Trey, but um, great, great talking with you. Be safe tonight. And um, by that, I mean, not only the Ubers, but the chicks you bring home. Thank you. Chick. Hopefully plural. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice way to wrap up. I love you, brother. Be good. All right, y'all, too. Thanks again to all of our great sponsors. One final shout-out to Jack Allen's Kitchen, too. I want to give them some love. If you're looking for a great meal, go to one of the five Austin-area Jack Allen's Kitchens. But thank you to all of our great sponsors here on our post-game show. We'll be back full lineup Monday to Friday from 8 to 5. Can't thank you guys enough for your support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Thanks for all the comments, all the texts, all the super chats as well. All really, really cool to see. Until next time, this has been the official Texas Sports Unfiltered postgame show. The final from Waco, Texas 38, Baylor 6. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. And hook them.